that ending was dust, wind, dude. <laughs> <laughs> All right, bra. <laughs> right? <laughs> Welcome, bros. And what's the female version of a bro? Babes. It is babes. Oh, okay. Welcome, bras and bobs, <laughs> to another episode of Screen Fix, the show where we will fix a recent film and give you a little bit of movie news, too. With me, as always, are the hosts that carry the show. Say hi to everybody, Lady Juan. Hi there. And say hi, Mustachio. <laughs> well, hello, everyone. <laughs> it was pointed out to me last episode that it's mustache-based, and he's mustachio, not mustachio. It's up to you, though, I'm trying, however you feel comfortable. I'm trying to reform. <laughs> Before we dive in, why don't we? Uh, why don't you let the audience know uh, a bit about what you've been up to, uh, Mustachio? Did you do something film-related? Or maybe just tell us something that you, you did in your life. Maybe you finally perfected your bathtub papaya beer. Ooh, that's got a little bit of shades of what we're talking about today in it. Mm. Papaya. Um, yeah, all right. So what, what have I been doing? I, I've been watching some weird shit again well uh, that's why you are our captain of criterion I, you yeah, are the I one played... who gives this show the art house twist with your ten dollar words <laughs> and your highfalutin mm-hmm. points of uh, perspective absolutely um, no so okay so Classy. i played this little game with a friend he didn't know about it he um <laughs> he said that's he, called manipulation. Yeah, yeah, a little bit. Uh, I'm into it. He um he had never seen David Lynch's Eraserhead, so I was going to show it to him, and I wanted to see how far along into the movie he could make it before he said what the fuck, because in that movie it's like the zenith of all weird cinema to me. Um, I, I said what the fuck uh, like 23 minutes in. I think he made it 27 minutes. Ooh, he beat oh. you. Yeah, he beat me. Maybe we should have him on the show instead? No. <laughs> oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just well, kidding. I never want anyone else. No, but if you if you ever get if you ever get like that way, <laughs> me and you were love at first soundbite. <laughs> Do we insert a laugh track? Or crickets? <laughs> or crickets? <laughs> Audience clapter. Yeah. Clap clapter? Uh, what? <laughs> clapter. I like the term clapter. clapter. That's way better than applause. Audience clapter. Clapter. <laughs> Uh, so awesome! <laughs> you were you were lynching this weekend. That's probably not yeah. right to say. Ooh. No, the Ooh. cut that no. out. No, oh my god, I'm keeping it. All right, so, um, <laughs> Lady Juan, uh, what did you do this weekend? Did you do something film related, or maybe you just tell us something that you did? Period. Maybe you. Uh. <laughs> Uh, maybe you finally figured out a way to monetize your sweat on Etsy. <laughs> okay, now I'm saying what the fuck. It's just a few minutes in. That's way less than 23 minutes in. <laughs> it's always a fun game to play. <laughs> WTF. All right, Lady Wong. Well. I love it. Um, yeah, so in uh, in preparation for the upcoming royal wedding, I have been rewatching The Crown. Oh. Mm, yeah. When the queen is there at the wedding, you're going to look at her and be like, I know you. Yeah. I know you good. Yeah. So watching The Crown, what is like mm-hmm. the juiciest tidbit that you didn't know about her where you're like, ooh. I guess I would say they don't really make Elizabeth the most interesting character. <laughs> she's <laughs> she's um she's a cute cute lady. She's she's Elizabeth. 
I'm far more fascinated by Philip. I didn't really know that much about him until watching this show. And every episode, I end up looking up what really happened. And so much of it is based in reality. Obviously, there's some fictionalizing. We don't know what happens behind closed doors, but a lot of it's true. And I don't know. I just find Philip to be a really interesting character. And Matt Smith is awesome in it. Uh, What's the most uh, interesting thing that he's done then? Well, they talk about how his mom was in an asylum. His sisters were married to Nazis. Whoa. Um, Yeah. He's he's a wild dude. Wow. Yeah. It's a good show. Awesome. Let's, uh, Let's dive right in. Let's dive right into this. Here we go. Our first bit of movie news before we get into our fix of Overboard. Have you been clamoring for another installment of Sherlock Holmes? (laughs) Whether you have been or not, Sherlock Holmes 3 is slated for Christmas 2020. We can't stop talking about movies that are coming out in 2020. Doesn't it seem like everything is coming out in 2020? Yeah, what are we doing in 19? We're just all staying home. We're all... <laughs> Hollywood's taking the year off. <laughs> no, because remember, we were talking about like what's our most anticipated uh, sequels or something like that. And literally they were all like 2020, 2020, 2020, 2020. It's like everything's coming out in 2020. And so is Sherlock Holmes 3. Is this a sign that Iron Man is dead for sure? Because he's got Sherlock Holmes 3 coming out. He's got that Voyage of Dr. Doolittle movie. Mm-hmm. Do you think because he's taking on these larger projects, these franchise projects, do you think that means the end of Iron Man? And also, did you like Sherlock Holmes 1 and 2? Do you want this? Are you clamoring for this? You can go first, Lady 1. Well, I don't think it means for sure Iron Man is donezo. I think probably Iron Man movies are donezo. That would be my guess is that we won't get any more standalone Iron Man flicks. But maybe he'll just eat it. You know, who knows? Avengers 3 or Avengers 4. We'll find out. But I am weirdly excited for this. I didn't see the second one. I never got around to it. It was during like a dip in my movie going times. Um, But I really liked the first one. And I think he's a great Sherlock Holmes. So... I'll see this third one. And now that it's not until 2020, I have plenty of time to watch the second one. (laughs) That you do. (laughs) I just remember the second one. They were like, all right, we got to double down on this. We got to bring in Moriarty, you know, his number one nemesis. So now for the third one, I'm like, I wonder what they're going to do here. I don't know enough about like the Sherlock Holmes stories to know who's like the next tier of... You know, Sherlock Holmes villain. Hmm. See, these are like kind of big budget action-y Sherlock Holmeses, And I, I almost think it would be funnier. And obviously these movies, I think that they're at their best when RG, when RG, RJ, RJ, RDJ. RDJ. RDJ wow. is playing off of uh, Jude Law. Yeah. I think that's the they're best part. They're great together. Of, I'd almost like them to dial it down and just do like one Sherlock Holmes story that takes place in like a small town or something. Just go ahead and do like a good old Sherlock Holmes mystery or something, you know? <laughs> Where it's like instead we're like jumping on cranes in London and running through tunnels. It's just like, all right, explosions are happening. Uh, I wish they'd dial it down. Give us a good old fashioned mystery and let the characters charm carry it. That's what the BBC show is for. You can watch Doctor hey, Strange do it. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> True. That's, um, that's exactly what I was about to say. It was with for with mine. Yeah. He's Mustachio. Your take on it? Yeah. Like Robert Downey Jr. is not my favorite Sherlock Holmes slash Avenger. Um, I'm more of a, <laughs> a Benedict Cumberbatch fan, so yeah, I want to see definitely better. Sherlock. That show's great. Oh, so Sherlock Holmes three back to Baker Street. Ah, uh, so Sherlock Holmes three. Do you want this? Is- um, I don't care. Um, <laughs> yeah, I I haven't seen any of them. I like both of them, but for some reason, I think I've tried to watch a bit of the first one. And there was just too much like cheeky banter to punching and explosions that I'm like, this isn't Sherlock at all. Like, 
there's no ultra detective you know work that seems like you know things are going to come crashing down less literally yeah so anyway i i haven't been big on those like he uses his like deductive powers to like fight people like yeah He's like deducing the best way to uppercut somebody in the face. I'm like, come on, Sherlock Holmes. Just yeah. Anyway, but do you think that this means that Iron Man is going to be dead or in a form of semi-retirement like Lady One? I not think, like Lady uh, One is. She's still she's still like little, what I think. she's still a full time right. screen yeah. fixer. Yeah, <laughs> like what she thinks. Yeah. Let's see. Iron. Yeah, I, I think Iron Man's going to be on the back burner. I don't think they're going to kill him off with my belief in what happens in the comics and then what they would want to do with that interpretation of the storyline with Avengers and new Avengers, secret invasion, Kree scroll war house of M. It's going to get really fucking cool. I think they're going to keep him around just to be like, you know, maybe they'll send him off to Kree and get his identity taken. And he's stuck on the Kree planet. I think at one point they'll have to like pass the mantle. I think there'll always be an yeah. iron, iron man per se or woman, but yeah, yeah. I'd like to an see an iron that. person. Yeah, see, an iron person. But yeah, see uh, Gwyneth Paltrow. Yeah, she's probably uh, getting up there in age, just like RDJ. I don't, I don't know if they pass the mantle to Gwyneth Paltrow. Who knows? Like they gave Hulk to eighty-year-old Mark Ruffalo, so I've, I have no idea. Oh, he's not that old. <laughs> he's so cute. What a cute old man. Um, He's adorable. So, anywho, let's go ahead and move on to our next little news item here. At the Shaky Knees Music Festival in Atlanta, Georgia. (laughs) Shaky Knees, shout out. Tenacious D appeared, and Jack Black announced that they are doing a Tenacious D movie sequel. I haven't thought that Tenacious D has been in the cultural consciousness for quite some time. The first Tenacious D movie was a bomb and came out in... uh, 2006 dang really uh, and that was when they were popular they had had the hbo show and their uh when i was in college actually so many of my friends had that tenacious d album and they would listen to it all the time you know that's fucking teamwork you know all that <laughs> yeah <laughs> you know that's what I mean? like, college <laughs> right so yeah right that, that album was 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 big apparently jack black doesn't know how you're going to be able to watch it i think <laughs> I mean, he says he is not sure if it's going to have a theatrical release or whatnot. I'm thinking Netflix for this one. Gotta be. I mean, the first one had Netflix level special effects. I mean, yeah. special effects were very poor in the Tenacious D movie. They have to fight like the Beelzebub and the effect of the Beelzebub turning into a Dave Grohl devil. Yeah, it looks was. terrible to this day. <laughs> but Tenacious D sequel, he says it's coming in October. So this <laughs> is right around the corner. First of all, were you a Tenacious D fan when they were at their height? And are you down for a Tenacious D sequel? You can go first on this one, Mustachio. Yeah, I I, uh, I really liked watching The Pick of Destiny with some friends. Yeah, like we laughed our asses off. Like it's it's hilarious. It's got meatloaf in it as like the authoritarian father who's religious. Mm. And that's a good juxtaposition of a reality. And it's also got, what's his name? Um, Ronnie James Dio that's dead now. And Dave Grohl is the devil. Like it's it's got a lot of cool stuff in it that like is hilarious. And Jack Black 
and Kyle Glass sound really good. I mean, it, it reminds you how good like Jack Black is with his lyricism yeah. and how he dances and how animated he <laughs> is with his face. And that song <laughs> "Tribute" is so good. <laughs> yeah, right. It's like the... it's hilarious. Like you laugh and then you're also kind of like. Uh, like in all of like how, yes man, like, that's some good lyricism yeah that's how it is. it's like the the lyrics are kind of like absurd and melodramatic but also but <laughs> yeah. the music and a little off color <laughs> but the music with it is so good yeah mm-hmm. yeah, yeah it pulls it pulls through like epic i was like hey, this is so good but I'm, I'm i'm hopeful yeah i, I i'd like to see something like this i i don't want to see it fall like flat into like cult modernity but if it does yeah so be yeah. it but i mean pick of destiny probably flopped because it was a bit more culty, and that's probably why it bombed at the box office. Uh, Lady One, do you have uh, what's your experience with Tenacious D, and uh, do you want the sequel? <laughs> um, the sequel. <laughs> do you My... want the One more. Come on. Somebody hit me with one more. <laughs> go, go ahead, impressionist. Oh, fuck. I used to have a Jack Black. <laughs> Can you just. No, no. Fuck it. No. I'm... No. <laughs> Lady One, we, we, just, we just kind of jumped all over you there. Tenacious D sequel, what's your experience with it? Uh, Tenacious D, I, you know what I said. Go ahead, go for I it. I do. I was there. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I am interested in this. I only like tribute <laughs> because, <laughs> because college, because it was just like it would get put on and then everybody would just sing it and like gather yeah. in a room and it just happened. Nice. That was just, that was college. So I love that song. I think... This I'm just like JC said. This this has to be Netflix. So I don't know how high Jack Black was when he made this announcement. Like because he doesn't seem to have any details. Super fucking her. But I hope that I mean a movie sounds cool, but I really kind of would like them to be back to a show format. And Netflix is the perfect place for that. And they could end every show with a new song, and then you get a whole album by the time the whole season is over. I think that would be fun. Get You're weird with nice. it, man. Netflix yeah. is the perfect place for that. You're right. The show coming back would be so much better. Yeah, let's do it. Fantastic. That's good. That's let's make a good. call. Make sure they know how we feel. All right, so next up, there is a Rambo sequel in the works. This will be Rambo 6? 5? Who knows? Uh-huh. Anyway, there's another Rambo film in the works. The last one had him in Myanmar, I believe or Laos or something, but he was he had like gone off the grid and was just li- living in the jungle by himself. Uh, these missionaries want to go down the river, and he tells them not to, but they go anyway, and they end up getting brutally attacked, and he shows up and destroys this whole uh, militant faction in brutal fashion. Like, it's graphic. Oh, yeah. It's graphically yeah. violent. It it's, really it's, is. It's like a Gatling gun to a, to a field of like it's, people that are shooting at him. It's it's, gr- it's intense. Ew. It's gross. It's very it's very very graphic. But now gross. he's going to put that rage onto Mexico. Oh no! What? And given all of the current political climate around Mexico and uh, the border wall and all this kind of stuff, I actually want to mention something about this story before we really get into it. So I wonder if this Rambo has anything to do with Stallone's relationship with the president, with President yeah. Trump. I know that he attends events at Mar-a-Lago, uh-huh. and they, they seem to be pretty mm-hmm. chummy. And I know that Stallone has called Trump directly, asking for a pardon of the famous 
boxer. Wasn't it like Jack Johnson? Jack Johnson, the first black heavyweight champion. And Trump said that he is uh, considering it or whatnot. Is this Sylvester Stallone doing one for his buddy Trump? Well, I mean, didn't he do one for Reagan with the... The Afghanistan? (laughs) Yeah. Like those kind of propaganda-ish Rocky, no, uh, Rambo 2 and 3 with, yeah, like anti-terrorism, anti-Arabian enemy shit. Right. Like it's, it, yeah, like I wouldn't be surprised if there's a little bit there, you know, um, it's kind of, it's disappointing because, you know, that's when you realize that Hollywood fame and clout used in real life political like situations, it's just kind of sickening to think about. I mean, I don't know. I, I kind of, I don't have much respect for Trump at all. Uh, I, I'm actually, I'm not even going to go there at all. I'm, not, I'm <laughs> sorry. I'm not going to try to get it's like, fine, political, it's fine. but it's it's frustrating. Yeah. Let's just say that from my standpoint that it's, it's kind of gross that he tends to pick the like villain of the moment. Yeah. It's very gross. It's not surprising. Right. right. I'm not going to say that anyone's political views are better than another one, but you don't have to make a film where you're literally just murdering the perceived villain of the moment. What, uh, what are your thoughts on this one, Lady Wan? Well, I've never seen a Rambo movie, and I'd prefer to keep it that way. <laughs> <laughs> the first one uh, was, was an interesting commentary on treatment of veterans post-Vietnam. Vietnam. And PTSD. But as far as this movie, do you have any interest in this film, Lady Wan? None at all. I think it's icky. I think um, Stallone should just make his uh, silly tongue-in-cheek action movies with the Expendables and just keep doing that. Oh, yeah. Just accept who you are and don't don't make it weird for the rest of us. It's awkward. Let's move on to something great. Best news I've heard. The original of this, the first one of this trilogy, which it will finally be, is one of my favorite movies. It's I don't know why. It makes me goofy grin throughout the whole thing. I absolutely love this movie. They're making a third Bill and Ted film officially. <laughs> They've been talking about this thing for years. Shut three, up, three Ted! Years. Yes way! What number yes. am I thinking of right now? 69! <laughs> <laughs> so stupid. Yes! Right, so, <laughs> um, bring it, bring it. Strange things are afoot at the Circle the K. Circle K. Oh, man. Um, that, that was my first introduction to George Carlin. Yeah, oh. Rufus. Oh. Yeah. So everything from... Abraham Lincoln's final speech, which I don't think you can watch without shaking your head with a dumb smile on your face. Be excellent to each other. And party on, dudes! Yeah. Yeah, that's it's it's so good. I also the scene in the in the mall where all of the historical figures are gathered and they need to kill some time, so they bring them all to the mall. And there's that whole montage of Genghis Khan in the sporting goods store, Joan of Arc in the aerobics place, <laughs> uh, Beethoven in like the keyboard shop, the like synthesizer shop. Uh, just it's uh, yeah, Bill, your your mom's a babe. <laughs> the movie Napoleon is, Bonaparte is at the water park called Waterloo. <laughs> then at the end, when they're when they when they're presenting all of the the past figures and uh, Napoleon puts his his map of Europe up and you hear him go water slide <laughs> like he's gonna water slide through Europe it's like <laughs> part of part of his battle plans it's ridiculous it's so stupid anyway the movie is uh 
the movie's more clever, I think, than people remember. Like, if you'll go back and watch it, you'll find a very sweet, clever movie. And it's got the original writers. It also has the director of Galaxy Quest, which is a fantastic movie as well. Um, an underrated gem. And I'm really excited for this movie. And even the, uh, the writer said that so many movies are cynical these days. This, this one is going to stay the way uh, Bill and Ted, the original, was. It's going to stay sweet. Because Bill and Ted are pure at heart, and their intentions are always pure. So it's going to stay true to that, that sentiment. It's not going to be full of uh, cynicism and, and snark. Also, they're bringing back death from Bill and Ted's bogus journey. You might be a king or a little street sweeper, but sooner or later you dance with the reaper. <laughs> and he was such a great comedic foil for, for Bill and Ted in that movie. So uh, the plot of this one centers around, uh, of course, remember that they had to go back in time and they had to finish their history report and they had to pass high school because that was part of their journey towards forming their band Wild Stallions. So they, of course, make music that brings about a, a new world order <laughs> like of peace and love and, and whatnot. And so they had to pass that test. Yeah. And this movie is about both Bill and Ted are at middle age and they haven't made the the song yet the song that was going to bring about this this uh, peaceful future so what they decide to do is they decide to time travel again to find the song that's going to bring you know harmony and peace to the the universe that they were supposed to and apparently they both also have daughters so we're going to bring in uh, female bill and ted daughters i wonder what those are going to be like and basically it's it's their journey to uh create this perfect song so it's finally happening, officially happening. What do you think? Bill and Ted, excellent adventure. Well, this one's called, sorry, Bill and Ted Face the Music. Are you excited about this, Lady One? Yeah, yeah, I'm into it. Um, I don't have quite the encyclopedic memory of this movie that you guys appear to have, <laughs> seeing as how I haven't said anything in like 10 minutes. Um, yeah. All I remember is Socrates. That's like the only thing I can remember, and I still read it that way. I liked it when, when I saw it in high school, and I probably haven't seen it since. So I'm just glad to see that Keanu will be happy Keanu again. So yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm tired of like scowling, punching, shooting people, Keanu. And let's just have him have a good time. So I'm very excited uh, yeah, to see just goofy, goofy Keanu as well. How, I, has he even has he done goofy Keanu since? Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey? I think he was trying to break out of that because they cast him kind of as a goofy I mean, loser in goofy? the movie Parenthood as well. Yeah. I don't know that he's done, like, goofy. All right. So how about you, uh, Mustachio? You you seem to also carry the love, carry the torch. For the Wild Stallions. For, and, for, for the Wild Stallions. Of course I do. I mean, my opening joke for this episode was an homage to Bill and Ted, and I didn't even know we were going to talk about it. Wait, you... You don't look at what we're going to talk about before we start the show? Oh, shit. Um, I mean, yeah. That exp that, that explains a lot. Well, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> it, 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 it does. Um, all right. So 
yeah like if you were to go time travel back uh to the early 90s and you were to like see the vhs tape that little mustachio put in yes. put in the most every saturday you would see that it was called bill and ted's excellent adventure i watched that movie more than any other movie i've ever seen in my life possibly me as well i don't know i just love the hell out of that movie probably my first like thoughts of being attracted to a woman was probably the <laughs> the bill's stepmother and then jo- jo- <laughs> and joan of arc like joan of arc like what little she had in that movie i was just transfixed by her and then like this bumbling you know telephone booth traveling through time you know kind of idiotic plot had me and i i think yeah like like that it's it actually kind of molded me in a way because i later came to love george carlin so much i later came to like like 80s glam rock a lot <laughs> and um and then also just yeah liking history a whole lot like all these things kind of melded into this like old deep love for this um, movie that should not have gotten what it has today but i i'm excited i'm excited are you excited about it, Jason? You can't oh, tell. Oh, one hundred percent. Jesus, yeah, I want this. I want this so badly. I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing more uh, historical figures. I uh, maybe this time they're going to focus on just uh, going back and meeting up with uh, musicians, maybe because I know that they they need this song. I also heard that maybe there was an element of them trying to go forward and steal their own song from the future. So uh, we'll we'll just see how these alternate these, timelines, these idiotic yet charming characters, just to see what what hijinks that they get into. I've got full faith in the the writers of this movie and in the and in the director, and in a committed Alex Winter and Keanu Reeves. I, could, I couldn't be more stoked for it. They're gonna find the greatest song in the world. I'm looking forward to your Bill and Ted spinoff podcast because <laughs> you have a lot of thoughts on the topic. <laughs> Bill and Ted trip. It's a history phone phone booth podcast. Our last bit of uh, movie news here quickly. One of the bigger trailers that dropped this week was a trailer for The Predator, our sequel, uh, our latest installment in the Predator series. This one written and directed by Shane Black, Lethal Weapon. Nice guys. Uh, directed and wrote Nice Guys. Directed Iron Man 3 and wrote Iron Man 3. He also did Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. His whole thing is... Cops. Yeah, seems like... That, like, buddy cop genre. And he's known for his snappy quips and uh, good dialogue and uh, inventive action and fun. You know, it's not just people shooting at each other. There's always something else going on in the in the scene. What do you think that this movie's going to be about, really, based on that, that trailer, uh, Mustachio? Okay, so the, I know like from watching that trailer, I can tell that it looks more realistic in its plot than like the previous like Predator movies that I've seen post-Predator 3. Those look like they're just getting right to the heart of fighting, but for this one, it actually looks like they're taking it back. They, they know they have an audience that would go see it if it's actually made right. And this, looks, this actually looks like a kid finds like the predator skull and somehow this alien ship is maybe like tracking it and it's coming down to where he's at. I I don't know. They they've got a lot to actually live up to with how 
how much action, how many one-liners, how many, you know, great scenes are in the original. I want to see something more like that. Yeah, it's very vague, but you can see some of the Shane Black snappy dialogue, especially when that one, the like uh, B-budget Charlie Hunnam is being uh, interrogated. But uh, Lady Wan, I want to hear what you think about this. Mm -hmm. The Predator, give us your thoughts. Well, the Predator itself is one of my favorite Hollywood <gasps> creatures. Sweet. Really? Like, I just, I don't, I don't know. I I think he's really cool. Yeah. Like, he has personality despite not really having a face. <laughs> You're one ugly motherfucker. Like, I don't know. I just, I like the Predator. So I'm, I'm super into this. I think it'll be good. And I don't really know what it's about. I don't, I don't know. Just like Olivia Munn talking about science. I, I was like, okay, sure. <laughs> um, but <laughs> I don't know. It seems good. Um, what about the guy in it? Weren't like, wasn't there? Oh, I like him. I like him better than Charlie Hunnam. Charlie Hunnam sucks. And I like this guy <laughs> from Logan and probably oh, yeah. other things yeah. that I've not seen. I just, I don't yeah. know. I think the key is. He's, like, somehow more charming and more interesting than Charlie Hunnam, despite being, like, a three-quarter scale version of him. Like, he's for sure smaller. (laughs) He definitely seems more genuine. I don't don't know if that actually has, like, a a translation, but (laughs) Charlie Hunnam just seems more disingenuous than this guy. (laughs) Charlie Hunnam can't act at all. It's amazing. So, at first, when the trailer opens, it's a bunch of kids trick-or-treating at Halloween. Uh And I was like, oh, my gosh, make this a Predator movie that takes place during Halloween, please. Because I just, that would be so great because you know it's just set up for a joke where people think he's just in a Halloween costume. Yeah. And then they're, they're just like, this guy's running around in a Halloween costume murdering people. It, it Make it almost like a, a slasher like Halloween and, and like a Predator movie. Yeah, I was like, this is going to be so great. There's going to be so many good jokes in here. It's going to be like a new Halloween classic to you watch. kill Mike Myers or something. Um, yeah. Like, oh, I, what? I was like, oh man, please make this put, take place during Halloween. It doesn't look like it does. It looks like they have the Predator in the woods again for a while, which were those commandos kind of come into the woods, diet Charlie on them. Um, <laughs> this trailer didn't really make me all that excited for this movie. It looks fine right now, and I'll be looking for a larger trailer in the future. Do you want to see this movie now based on this trailer, Lady Wan? Eh, I mean, trailer didn't do a yeah. whole lot for me, but I was going to want to see it anyway. No. Ah. Uh. Because you like that Predator. I you know, do. The, eight, the 80s had some of the best creature design of any film decade. And I think it's just been like replicated and ripped off and ripped off. Mm-hmm. There's so many great original alien designs yeah. uh, mm-hmm. in the 80s. And varied designs. Like yeah. you've, got, you've got the Xenomorph from Alien. You've got Predator. You've even got like E.T. You know, they're all so different mm-hmm. and so great. Mustachio, did this trailer do it for you? Yeah, yeah, it caught my attention with being seemingly more realistic than, like, say, the one where they end up in, like, the Arctic North and and they, like, they're excavating something that's like a tomb. Alien versus Predator, you're talking about? Oh, okay, yeah, that's right. And I love that movie so much. I mean, it just seems more (laughs) realistic. Like, so much. (laughs) I'm obsessed with that movie. Oh, gosh. (laughs) (laughs) I know, that's really weird. Because it's just so cool. Like, Sanaa Latham is, like, the best. I know yeah. she's awesome, and I like her relationship with the predator. And that's cool. Like, ah, that's I just cool. I like, dug it. And the last yeah. scene, like ah, I don't know. <laughs> 
in that movie, okay, I'm I'm trying to recall that movie because I only saw it once. So great. Don't the humans and the Predator realize they got to like work together to kill this alien? Yeah. So the Predator is there because that's his task is he is dropped there by his other Predators and he has to essentially conquer the beast. That's like a a path for him. He has to complete this test. He has to kill the alien. But then the stupid Americans are there and they're doing their science where they accidentally hatch a whole bunch of other aliens, which is not part of the test. So that predator's like, damn it, guys, we have to shut shut this down. And so like basically every single one in the mission, except for Sonali Latham, eats it. And the predator is like, you're one of us. And he like brands her with a little predator symbol and he like accepts what? her. He gives her like the alien arm as like a a spear that she gets to keep but what yeah but the alien (laughs) gets him in the end and kills the predator and then the predator's family comes back to take him and like take him back to his planet as like his hero's death or whatever but then there's an alien inside him (laughs) what it's so cool that sounds that sounds like the best movie ever made (laughs) it totally is It's so good, and it has the best tagline of any movie ever. Oh, uh, no matter who wins, we lose. Whoever wins, we lose. Whoever wins, we yeah. I remember it's that. So that, good. That's, that's like the one thing I remember is the the great tagline: "Whoever wins, we, we lose. lose." It's so good. Alien versus Predator. <laughs> All right, how about we go ahead and jump into our fix this week? We will be fixing the gender-swapped remake of 1987's Overboard, this time starring Anna Faris and Eugenio Derbez. All right, Overboard. The remake nobody asked for. (laughs) And they did switch the genders and added a uh, cultural aspect to it. Uh, There's a lot of Spanish in this movie, and Eugenio is from Mexico. But before we can talk about this, why don't you give us the uh, the stats, statistician Lady Juan? <laughs> All right. So according to Rotten Tomatoes, we've got 30% rotten from critics. <sighs> Not great. However, audiences have it at 73%. So people are enjoying this. The production budget was $12 million, And after two weeks, the domestic box office is at $21 million. All right. It's okay, because, uh, you know, marketing was extra in there. I feel like I saw quite a few commercials for this, so uh, it's not like they cheaped out on marketing. However, I couldn't find any information on the foreign box office for this movie, and I would expect this to have a lot of appeal in Mexico, since that's where our male lead is really a star. So I expect that this movie will end up being profitable with uh, the overseas, well, over the border market. Overboarder. (laughs) There we go. There it is. Boom. Okay. And of course, uh, we can't fix this without first knowing the plot. Why don't you give us your sassy summary mustachio? Do this. Overboard. Uh, this is a movie where Anna Ferris plays Kate, a single mother of three girls who's trying to get through nursing school while working odd jobs to get by. She delivers pizza and steam cleans carpets. Now she gets called out to clean the carpets on this yacht owned by Eugenio Derbez's character, Leonardo. He's a rich prick who objectifies women <laughs> and he likes to get what he wants. She tells him off and he pushes her off the boat. Mm-hmm. Whoa. <laughs> uh, so 
pushing a woman from a boat. Whoa, whoa. Don't recommend it. <laughs> whoa, we can't go it's, there. We can't go to water. Yes, water we can. When it Sorry. comes to people over, <laughs> overboard on it's, boats. I went a little overboard there. Sorry. Um, all right, let's, let's get back. Let's pull it back. While talking to her employer at the pizza place, played by Eva Longoria, they find out that that rich dude fell in off his boat and now he has amnesia in the little town that they live in, Elk's Lodge or something. Uh, after Leonardo's sister, who wants to inherit her father's company, like this multi-million dollar company, Montenegro Enterprises, she refuses to claim him at the hospital. Kate gets talked into the idea of claiming to be his wife so that she can get some free manual labor and babysitting service out of him. Uh, he Now he goes home with her and sees that on top of being just poor, he's also that he's sober <laughs> and that he sleeps on a cot in the shed. <laughs> yeah, he... Uh, he gets told a lot in that first day. <laughs> he learns to cook pretty quick uh, for her and her three daughters. Uh, he works a construction job with a crew of Mexican men that rip on him and call him lady hands. <laughs> <laughs> he quickly takes on the viewpoint that he's a working class individual and he begins to appreciate this new life. And we see that. We see his character kind of grow. Leonardo's rich family, on the other hand, thinks he's dead because the sister claimed he was eaten by a shark and had like some ashes that she found at a campsite. And now she did that all to prevent him from inheriting the company because the father wanted to give it all to him and not his two sisters. So Kate begins to fall for him as he charms her with his positivity, his hard work and, and his integrity that's now showing through. At some point, he proposes to her for what he thinks is the second time. Now, somebody tagged him in a picture one day, and the family finds out that he's not dead. They come to where he's at, and he remembers them. And then all of a sudden, he gets his memory back. He tells Kate off and leaves in the limo, and the girls chase after him, riding their bikes. Kind of heartfelt moment. Made me cry. Sad. Yeah. Dad. She even said, she said, some dads leave. And he said, I won't leave you. And then he does. Stupid movie. Aww. So he gets back on the boat, back on the yacht. And now he's he's back with the crew. And he, he's kind of nice to them now that he's a new person. He tells his family that he loves Kate. They don't take that well. The one sister, on the other hand, that wants to inherit the empire, she loves the idea <laughs> of this new romantic, you know, Leonardo. So back in Elk Lodge, Kate gets a boat and rides out to find him. The yacht turns around and Derbez jumps overboard. They swim to each other and he tries to negotiate giving up his fortune to be with her. And then they go back to her house and now they've got this new life together and he's visited by his old butler who tells him that he's been given the $60 million yacht uh, that actually was his birthday present. And I think that was the name of it all along or something. Yep. Yeah. Now he's got this yacht to, like, $60 million yacht to do so as he pleases. I'm yeah, on a so boat. On a boat. They they go crazy. Uh, the final sequence shows them getting married on it, and it's up for sale. Yeah, that's, uh, that's the movie. All right. Let's, before we fix the film, because... Here at Screen Fix, we don't just bitch, we fix. We also love movies. We like movies. We do this because we're movie geeks. What do we like about this movie? Uh, let me know, Lady Wan. I actually liked a lot about this movie. You know, it wasn't fantastic, but I did laugh out loud a few times. Mm -hmm. I loved the entire concept of his family's story being presented as a telenovela. <laughs> I really thought that was creative and interesting and a way of acknowledging just how 
silly the whole concept is. They they really owned that. I thought that the basically caricatures of his family were really funny. I loved that when they were having the uh, little memorial service for him on the boat, that the sister was playing cello and turns out to be uh-huh. really, really bad Terrible. at playing the cello. <laughs> Yes, she was. The dad just like grabs her arm and makes her stop. <laughs> yeah, he's just like, eh, and that's enough. I don't know. I, it was just, it was funny. It was silly. And I really genuinely was refreshed by seeing like half of this movie being in Spanish. That was really cool to see because there's absolutely no mention of it in the marketing. It's not like, hey, guys, here's a crossover movie. It was just, here yeah. it is. Here's a guy. Here's a girl. They speak Spanish. It's cool. And they acknowledge that Anna Ferris speaks Spanish. Yeah. Like that's yeah. just it's not it's not a plot point. It's not a device. It's not something to learn a lesson. It it just is. People speak Spanish. It's just a fact. It's great because when when the characters would logically speak Spanish, they speak Spanish. Yeah. And it's it's yeah. it's kinda of, it's 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 refreshing that way for sure. That was good. Mustachio, what did you like about Overboard twenty eighteen? My likes for it, I uh, I really liked like the Latino perspective from the super rich to the middle class and even the like, kind of poor working class. Like those Spanish perspectives were really cool. Like I love the stuff with the soap opera ish telenovela family it kind of reminded me of like the netflix show club of crows where they own a soccer team and then Mm -hmm. also like i really like the work crew how they kind of ripped on him there was some funny stuff in there when it shows like his perspective as a working class individual i i also really laughed out loud some great moments on the work site and then also when he finds out that he's in a 12-step program (laughs) wasn't there a scene where he's he's like i I don't even remember my days of drinking. Yeah, and the yeah. other people at at the meeting are like, mm-hmm, know about that. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> here, here, yeah. Yeah, that was that was good. Yeah, I'm a big fan of the original, and so I, I did find that I had to rethink my thoughts on the original because it, it did seem like there was like a lot of parallels, and I was like, oh, wait, that did parallel the original? But yes, I, I I liked it. What what did you think, JC? I found the fur the the beginning of it, maybe the first thirty minutes, to really just lack any of the charm that came later. But my positive thing is, is the the movie. Yeah, what did you like? What I'm saying is that it suddenly, when the movie kind of kicked into the the plot and kind of kicked into gear, it really got charming. It really did get charming, and a, a lot of the character moments worked so well. Like like what Mustachio was saying with the the other construction workers when he's when he's talking about his wife. It's like I feel like I don't even know her. I, I feel like I'm just a a, <laughs> yeah. a paycheck. We we haven't had sex, okay. and all the other guys are like, "Yep, we're this, that's our life too. That's the same. That's the same thing." <laughs> when he got his first paycheck, and he says, "I feel like this is the first paycheck I've ever got in my whole life," and, and he's so happy and proud about it. And uh, there's just some really great moments that paid off. And when he when he teaches the little girl to ride the bike, when he's when he's learning football, just uh, the movie really turns up the charm after a rocky beginning and saves the whole the mm-hmm. whole thing. It, it's the smaller moments that do it in this one. Once you're like, all right, I'll get on board with this plot. <laughs> so while I was dreading it when it first started, by the end, I was like, that's good. Like if that came on TV, I'd, I'd watch it again, you know? Yeah. It's nice. It's nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but the, the beginning had you a little overboard. I was <laughs> overboard. <laughs> but this movie was uh, was pretty good. All right, let's go ahead and jump into our fixes. Do you have a first fix for us? Ladies first, Lady Juan. 
I guess I have a bit of a minor gripe to start. Cool. So the majority of this movie takes place in Oregon. Yes. Where he is washed ashore, where she comes to clean his yacht in the first place. But I'm not exactly sure. You know, do you think there are a lot of billionaire playboys yachting off the coast of Oregon? Of Oregon? <laughs> no. Do you think that's the new hot spot? Like... <laughs> There's probably none. And... <laughs> yeah. It's just... It's a bit of an odd choice. I, I understand that at the beginning, he's, he tells his sister, okay, let's go to San Francisco, and then we'll fly to Mexico City to see my dad from there. Where where was the yacht coming from? The North Pole? Right. It's, uh, <laughs> yeah. That and, like, Oregon's cold. Like, when they were right. out on the on the deck of the dock, you should have been, like, seeing their breath. Yeah. that <laughs> that's, that's cold water out there. Yes. Um, I, I can only assume that it's, like, late summer since we're getting into football season like at best it's august at best that's right uh, it's football season yeah it's gotta be getting towards the cold time yeah (laughs) fall is starting yeah yeah but also the daughter's like going to the pool all the time in her bikini i (laughs) i don't know this is a very different oregon from the one i'm familiar with So, well, just I get that they wanted to pay homage to the first one and have it be in the same place because they get to throw in that line of, oh, this is only the second case of amnesia we've had in this hospital. The other one was some girl back in the 80s. Like, okay, we get Mm -hmm. it. Um, I see what you did there. But shouldn't this have happened, like, I don't know, like in Miami? Like, couldn't they have been Dolphins fans? This this could have all happened in Miami and it would have made more sense. Oregon was just a bit of a a weird choice. But I get that Anna Faris is a Seahawks fan, so I'm sure that was fun for her to have in the movie. It was still a little weird. So Do you you feel like they didn't make the movie take place in Washington because he was on a yacht? And they're like, all right, we'll go as far north as Oregon and still have him be a Seahawks (laughs) fan. But we're not going full Washington. I feel like Washington would have made more sense. There's a lot of rich people in Seattle. That would have made more sense. That that there's a lot of yachts at that port in Seattle. I've seen them like that would have made more sense than BFE, Oregon. Yeah. And it would have made total sense for Seahawks. And yeah. Yeah. I mean, yachts don't go traveling up the Bering Strait. (laughs) (laughs) Like that's not a thing. (laughs) Rich playboys love Anchorage. (laughs) (laughs) Or. Vladivostok, Russia. <laughs> like, what is going on? Where are they going? The hell is this guy from Mexico on a yacht doing in Pacific Northwest? Yeah, I don't okay. know. Yeah, no. Mustachio, what do you got? You want to start with something little, little minor gripe? Let's see. If if I were to complain about something that's kind of small, it's like so. The amnesia does falling off a boat mean that you suffer a concussion or? that you lose your orientation to, to the point where you get amnesia. I, I wanted him to at least hit his head. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's like hanging off the side. Yeah, he's like, hell, And hell. yeah, and he, so he, look. it looks like he probably lands feet first too. Like, <laughs> Yeah, it's like a 15 foot fall or something maybe. Yeah, which is a fall he totally intentionally makes at the end of the movie. He leaps yes. off from higher and he doesn't <laughs> lose his memory then. And he goes head first yeah. that time. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> that's great that's great he dives in yeah that's fine <laughs> yeah that's hilarious i would have i would have <laughs> made it to where if, if they're gonna do it a little like kind of hacky like the original where she just falls off into the water and she has amnesia it, it, at least give us a little something there like he hit his head over on the side yeah and and I when agree. he's in the hospital room he's got like that 
you know, standard. Yeah, give him the cliche bandage around his head. Wrapped around his head. Yeah, give him like that. Maybe he gets like clocked in the head by like a random piece of driftwood (laughs) while he's like (laughs) watching up on the beach. Anything other than a pretty safe fall that he makes purposely later. (laughs) Right. That's such a good observation. Awesome. Great fix. Do you have one? So like we were kind of talking about in the, in the original, like Kurt Russell's living arrangements are he's got all these kids and it's just him, but he lives in like this ramshackle <laughs> back. You know what I mean? Like he lives in this. He lives in the sticks. It, yeah. He lives in the sticks and his house is like this falling apart ramshackle looking yeah. filthy bachelor pad with like dogs and like there's all there's all these dirty dogs that go running around it's like (laughs) she he they really take uh goldie haunt to like a pretty filthy place and even at the end she cleans it up and stuff like they all clean it up together but it's still not it's still like a kind of a ramshackle dump (laughs) i was i was looking at this and like for somebody who is a single mom with three kids who delivers pizza and has to pay for nursing school she's got a pretty nice little house and like it's not anything ramshackle like i grew up with a single mom and we lived in some pretty small apartments i was so i i immediately was like alimony payments child support <laughs> checks like how is she how, how is she living in this in this house like i just thought maybe like going more extreme with his situation he has to do a lot of chores mm-hmm. right like just ch- she's just kind of behind in her chores she just makes him him kind of work and do chores i would have liked to have seen the, the living situation be a little bit different something like a little more believable for a single mom raising three kids on her own having to pay for all those kids yeah while just like delivering pizzas and stuff so i would have made her be in an apartment like a small apartment and maybe her car would have been even worse things like like that i like it that's good do you have another fix for us lady one i do so as we mentioned before despite the fact that it's the pacific northwest and definitely autumn the oldest daughter emily wants to go to the pool and hang out with her friends and be a normal teenage girl. And Kate does not want to let her go do that because she doesn't want to leave the two younger daughters alone with some random dude. Mm-hmm. Pervert, they say he might be. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Which, you know, good call, Kate. That's probably not a good idea to leave some strange dude with your kids. But he doesn't know that. And he doesn't know that Emily has been desperate to get some time away from her sisters and just be on her own. And when they have the argument, it happens when he's not around and they come back to the house to make sure everything's okay. And Leo tells Kate, you know, you're being too hard on her. Don't you remember being a teenage girl? But he doesn't actually know what just happened. And mm-hmm. he, there, he has no reason to think that he shouldn't be left alone with his children. Yeah. It seems completely reasonable that he would watch the kids and the child would get to enjoy her life rather than her watching the kids and him also just being there with her. So... Right. It only would have taken a couple of extra lines in existing scenes, not even extra scenes, just like earlier when they have dinner, Emily can ask, like, can I go to the pool tomorrow, mom? And she says, no, you know, I need you here to help your dad with your sisters. It's not even an extra scene, like just a couple extra lines in scenes that are already in there to lay that groundwork. Because I do feel like the script was very good at paying off lines. Yeah, you're right. It, like it, it would have taken just like like one small convo and like one like reaction shot from the dad. 
Yeah, of like, being like, that's weird. Why won't you let her go yeah. to the pool? Just a little bit. Just would have given that scene some more depth. Instead, he doesn't really have a, a concept of what's going on. Well, it would have made more more sense than to him just out of the blue pop in with some parenting advice, you know? Yeah. True. Awesome. Fix it, do da. What do you got for us, Mustachio? Do you have a second fix? So the ending, like with the romance side of it, like I felt mm. like it kind of fell flat. Like they were trying to make us laugh at the end. Like I'm negotiating for, yeah, you know, like that, like that, like in the original, spoiler alert, like the, it's very romantic when they swim to yeah. each other. Arturo! Yeah, Arturo, yeah, Catalina. Like, so that's <laughs> like, I watched this movie a lot when I was a kid. If there was three movies that I watched the most, and I already mentioned one, Bill and Ted's, the next one was Overboard with Kurt Russell and Goody Hawn. And then the other well, one was. It, it seemed to be on TV all all the time. Right? So I've seen this movie so many times, so I kind of like know the ending. What was, what was the third one? Now I have to mention it. Yeah. Um, oh, God. <laughs> Oh, um, Bird on a Wire, actually, with Goldie Hawn and Mel Gibson. Oh. You loved the Hawn when you were young. Also, uh, oh, you right? love birds. <laughs> <laughs> your, your, it all started somewhere with that's Goldie Hawn, Hawn, Big Bird. Like, wow, shit. <laughs> I think there's something there. So in the original, the ending is very romantic. They even have like 80s music playing, like it's like saxophony, or maybe not. Maybe that was Bird on a Wire, but <laughs> maybe that's your perfect dream scenario. Perfect dream like, scenario. Just... Like they, they swim to each other. Um, yeah, it just seemed like there was very much like love there at the end. But in this movie, it seemed like they were trying to like kind of pander to the hilarity of it uh, a little bit more or ignore the fact that there wasn't a love there. Mm. So my thoughts were don't make the ending so like trying to punch in jokes. Maybe have a scene in it where instead of like after they have sex, she's smiling, maybe have a scene in it where she's actually like saying I love you and it sounds like she's becoming aware of that. I would have fixed that ending scene. You're right. Like even even when I was sitting in the theater, I was like, ugh, this is, they ruined it. Yeah, just totally agree with you that that part that was supposed to be played for a laugh i guess i thought that really kind of like took away from what was supposed to be the romantic apex of of the film i agree and the thing is like i already was having a i might be in the minority here but i I was already having trouble feeling any love connection between those two yeah i would agree with that they didn't really have chemistry at all no probably why they went with like a funnier take on that last scene is just they, they just didn't have any any real sparks between them unfortunately they were funny together but i didn't yeah. feel like they needed each other no Mm-mm. plus I, I just think anna ferris looks cute and i think eugenio derbez looks like a old rat gosh <laughs> that's really really harsh that's pretty aggressive <laughs> wait okay okay so he he looks like somebody whose skin is made of cheese oh, and, gosh. And, the, and the sun is hitting him and it's slightly melting this is really really harsh he just looks old and like saggy no amount like even in the scenes where he was where his shirt was off you could see how like cut his body was he still looked like old to me i was like Ugh. <laughs> he's what he's he's almost 60 I think. yeah i think he's like 56 maybe yeah, yeah. and uh anna ferris is 41 41 mm-hmm. yeah. okay i like it is a larger gap there's always com- conversations about how in in hollywood there's always uh, older guys are always with these young women and in, in, in hollywood movies mm-hmm. uh, i understand why they cast him because he is a star in uh latin america mm-hmm. but he's one of the producers of this movie as well yeah like i get why he's in it but i i don't know there was something that i wasn't feeling from uh 
him and, and Anna Ferris together. So uh, there's this like telenovelas thing that's going on in this in this movie. The guy that runs the pizza place or the the pizza, whatever the the, the pizza guy in this thing is watching telenovelas in the in the kitchen of the mm-hmm. the pizza place, and they watch it. Leo watches it when he starts uh, delivering pizzas for them. And, yeah, and the movie also has this like telenovelas feel to it. But the person who ha- hatches the plot, this telenovela esque plot, to go and fool the millionaire with amnesia into thinking that he's the husband of Anna Faris's character is Ava Longoria and they don't give her a connection to telenovelas the way that they give the kitchen people connection to telenovelas and I feel like they should have connected it I feel like mm-hmm. either the pizza guy who loves telenovelas should have recognized that this moment in life was ripe for a telenovela type yeah spin or also have Ava Longoria's character just as into telenovelas Mm-hmm. And the idea gets spawned from that, and that's right. and that's why her character comes up with that plot. Otherwise, she just seems like a random crazy person. Yeah, <laughs> I I would have liked to have seen her obsessed with telenovelas, and and that's where this plot comes from. That's, Definitely, that's good. it it would have been funny too if she'd kind of because the um the chef there he brings up the article and he says look this guy he got amnesia just like on my shows and if she had been like oh remember on that one show where they tricked someone and that's how they got their money (laughs) we should do that like they should be scheming together talking about like getting that idea otherwise it's for sure assuming the movie overboard does not exist in this universe how would you come up with this idea (laughs) you need to call out the telenovelas inspiring this plot That's i totally good. agree and then that would have been kind of coincidental with the fact that derbez's character later appreciates telenovelas yeah <laughs> oh what if he's in the kitchen watching the telenovela and that episode is on the one that inspired them to hatch the plot yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. and then and then the guy in the pizza shop is like he's like what happened next and he's like uh the tv broke and he's like unplugging plugging <laughs> 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 it or something uh, that yeah. would have been that would have been, been good yeah all right. How about another fix? Do you have one for us, Lady Wong? I do. Okay. I feel like at the beginning, Leonardo is not as awful as he could be. Yeah. When he first meets Kate, he's not immediately like, get out of my room, cleaning person. He's chatty with her and silly and... Engaging, yeah. Like, sure, he kind of insults her face, but he starts by <laughs> saying that she's surprisingly attractive for <laughs> someone cleaning carpets. You know, he's he's not completely awful. Like, he could be so much worse. Like, I wish he had said, you know, made some disparaging comments about his harem of hoes that he's got on the boat. When he's, <laughs> when he's firing the chef who's about to have a baby because the food's bland. What if he had said, and like, make sure the chef doesn't feed the girls. They're getting kind of fat. Like, like be, be meaner, be awful. Like he, he was just, he could have been so much worse. This came to me. I was half watching the Russell Brand Arthur remake yesterday. Like it was on while I was doing stuff. And his character, Leonardo in this movie is a lot more Arthur-y than anything Mm -hmm. else. Like he's kind of, yeah, he's a fuck up and lazy and spoiled, but he's also kind of silly and charming. Like he shouldn't be, he should be awful. Otherwise, why are we okay with him essentially being kidnapped and turned into a servant? Like, (laughs) he should be awful. So I really feel like they could have dialed up the... uh 
negative aspects of his character in the opening part before he gets amnesia. Yeah, yeah. totally. Your example was, was great. <laughs> Just throwing it yeah. out there. <laughs> and his, his harem of hoes. Yeah. Oh, you know what? Let's just take a moment to wonder what the hell happened to his, like, pal that was in the hot tub with him. Oh, yeah. He's got this, like, random friend that's partying with him. And then once he falls overboard, that guy's gone. Yeah. What happens to that guy? I don't know. He's, he's, he's not on the ship when he comes back to it. No. Like, what? Do they just, like, is he, is there, like, like an attractive <laughs> Mexican man just wandering around Oregon somewhere? Like... <laughs> like, did they they just kick him off? Like, what what happened to that guy? Yeah. Who is that guy? Where did that wingman go? Where did the wingman go? I don't know. Sequel. Yeah. Where did wing, <laughs> wingman go? That guy just disappeared. His random wingman. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, I liked your your fix. Make him make him despicable. Yeah. Yeah, because in the in the original, not constantly compare, but she was not likable whatsoever Mm-mm. in the in the beginning she was mean yeah there's there's more to do there make him terrible que terrible yeah he's gonna fire a chef and then he pushes oh, yeah. her yeah. that's it that's it though he could be so much worse mm-hmm. i i want all of his crew on board to be talking a ton of smack about him in their various languages i want to know that everyone hates this man yeah that's what i want to know yeah you're you're right they totally could have played up that his crew yeah hates him let's see how about you, Mustachio? Fix it up. Okay, so this this movie, it like I said before, it kind of made me realize how thoughtless the original could be. So it took my childhood rom com down a peg. Aww. I saw that there were some like things that paralleled in it that I wasn't happy with, but that I realized, oh, that was in the original. They, that's exactly what they did. I too had a little bit of issue with the chemistry, and that that really can't be fixed. I mean, the Goldie Hawn Kurt Russell thing is. Oh yeah. yeah. You can't can't just replace that. I mean, they were actually like people wanted to see them in movies together because they were this celebrity status couple. So their partnership was something really big. I know you can't replace that, but with this one, I felt like there was something that it was missing at heart. And I wanted there to be more heart in this film. There were some moments that kind of tugged at the heartstrings, like when the little girls are chasing him on the bicycles and they're... They're talking about how much, what are they saying? Something to the effect of, you said you wouldn't leave. Yeah. Well, she asked him when they're eating ice cream. And then. And he, and he said he'll never leave, which which is in the original too. Like, so in the original, she protects them from like this, you know, mean, insensitive teacher when they all have poison yeah. ivy because she had just gotten through running around the whole back property and the sticks, like playing with them and having fun. And now they all have poison yeah. ivy. So like when, when she, Goldie Hawn's character protects the boys, like in the original, that felt great. Like I come from a family of three boys. That felt like my mother sticking up for us. Wow. Didn't think that was going to happen. Aww. Anyway. Yeah. Oh, mustachio. Your mustachio's getting a little wet. Well, we're talking about a movie that plays a part in my childhood. <laughs> if we start talking about Bill and Ted on a deeper level, I'm probably going to get a little misty too. <laughs> can I, can I yeah. hug you? Can uh, yeah. Hug you? yeah. Yeah. Oh, oh you're a good hugger. Oh. Thank you. (laughs) I've been working out. (laughs) You smell nice. The heart. I wanted there to be a little bit more. I felt like the the heartstrings could have been pulled in in a better way with like maybe he protects them. Like a scene where he goes up against someone and actually defends them as his own kids. Yeah, possibly. I mean, instead of just showing them riding bikes together, I want him to put his, you know, 
integrity and his his safety on the line for these you know girls that he cares about because Goldie Hawn's character certainly did that. How sweet w- would it have been if he was like, "I love you" and "I love them." Yeah, and the and the yeah. girls are just screaming back, "I love you, Daddy." Yay! You know, yeah. like that. Yeah. Can you can you think of any uh, specific scenario in which you would have liked him to defend the girls? Maybe the pool. Maybe ah. instead of maybe he actually sees something. Maybe he's actually helping her like in an uncle buck kind of way i don't know <laughs> like, i want the family to fall for him in more so than it already was shown to us there's a lot to tie in there but they could all be used to make it have more heart all right you want to tie the kids in more tie the heartstrings down tie them down I got one more fix here. It ties into a little bit more on what you were saying, Mustachio, about him giving up his money for the whole new life rather yeah. than just Anna Faris, uh, her character Kate. By the way, can we point out that, that they're Kate and Leo? <laughs> on a boat. <laughs> oh, man. I love it. They're Kate and Leo on a boat. Yep. And off a boat. <laughs> Gotta be kidding me. Yeah. And in the water. Oh, my God. So, anyway. They could have had a, do- a floating door in there somewhere. That's what that's what clocks him in the head. Yeah. <laughs> a, a door that's big enough that for two. This is the amnesia part. Yes. Rose. Uh, so, anyway. At the end, that he gives up the life, but then the butler comes in and is like, by the way, your yacht is worth all of this money. And then they're just like, money. And they're like get married on the boat and you don't really see anything more than like money 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 you know and they're just partying on on this boat getting getting married yeah i would have liked to have seen that he i mean the money's fine but i would have liked to have seen that he was going to do something with the money that has to do with this new life that he has begun to create mm-hmm. and not just hiring a scottish nanny and not just hiring a <laughs> scottish nanny and so there's a there's a couple things in this movie that could happen and i my my first thought was that maybe since he's got fine tastes and he mentions pillows being the color on the couch, I was thinking maybe he there's a moment where he adds some colored tiles to one of the pools or something and that like elevates the pool design and maybe they start letting him like design pools or something. But then I thought that there was one better than that and it's because they were broadcasting it all movie and then never paid it off. Yep. You already know this one, Lady Wan. In the film, he figures out that he's good at cooking. Mm. Yeah. He adds spices to their normal bland sauce and he also starts making these much more fancy dinners and I thought that was going to pay off. Yeah. Uh, even early on in the in the film, right? He's got a kind of refined palate even though he goes about it wrong when Yeah, he, he fires his chef because the food is bland. Exactly. And he's all like mango papaya or whatever <laughs> you know, whatever but i came up with a specific fix for this so i thought that they could do this so he starts picking up pizza delivery shifts for mm-hmm. kate's character so she could keep studying and maybe when he's in there to pick up more pizzas he has to fill in for a minute making a pizza because they're backed oh, up yeah and he tastes the sauce and he's like mm, ugh. and he adds a few ingredients to it and then he carries on delivering pizzas later on the owner stops him and says that a customer called talking about how they love the new sauce mm-hmm. so he gets leo to stop delivering pizzas and start cooking starts uh making pizzas uh maybe even some other dishes that they're that they're serving there most pizza places serve other stuff we know they have garlic knots we do know they have garlic knots and <laughs> and maybe you know his his cooking is is making that business uh expand it's just people are just are loving it 
And maybe when he's choosing love, he doesn't just choose love. He chooses that he loves the whole life that he's starting to build, a life that he's starting to create through through cooking, this kind of this passion that he didn't really know that he had because he was too rich and self-absorbed. Mm-hmm. And then maybe when he gets the money at the end, it could be a little more meaningful if they show him use it to open like his own pizza place or something. Exactly. Like like this this new life, this new creativity, this, yes. this new ability is what he wants to get back to, what he wants to have again. Maybe they, they flash forward like a year and he's got three lo- locations of like Leo's Pizza or something. I just thought it would it would be a much stronger payoff for the fact that they really did hammer home the cooking thing over and over and over. Yeah, I was certain we were going there. It seemed so clear that he has good taste and creativity in the kitchen. I was so confused at the end when nothing happened with it. Me too. So does anybody else have any last little thoughts? I have a teeny tiny factual issue. Nice. Sweet. I happened to look up the yacht for this movie. <laughs> it's currently for sale. Oh, wow. what? The actual yacht? Yeah. yeah. The Scottish nanny tells them it's worth $60 million. And then they party down in the kitchen. It's listed for 18.9. And there's a big difference <laughs> between yeah. $60 million and, you know, 18, 18. If, you, if you get what you're really hoping for plus you're <laughs> definitely going to pay like half of that in taxes so <laughs> so, so did the, the uber rich audience know like that factual inaccuracy or something <laughs> i just well when when the guy said it's worth 60 million i was like hold up that's not beyonce's yacht there's no way it's worth 60 million and then i went to my homework to figure it out because i needed to know and you know they could have said 20 at the end and that's like, still that would have been reasonable ton. and still a lot of money, life-changing money, even if you only get to keep half of it. But, <laughs> you know, that they yeah. they inflated that price quite a bit. My last thought is hashtag justice for wingman. <laughs> but why don't... <laughs> let's go ahead and consider this. Scream fixed. Uh, why don't you send us home, Lady Wan? All right. What are we fixing next week, guys? Life of the party? Life of the party. Yeah, probably. Mm. Okay. Yeah. Well, you know, y'all want to go see that movie, send us your stuff, any ideas or anything. Um, and also send us what you thought about this episode. You can email us at screenfixpod at gmail.com. You can tweet us at screenfixpod. You can find us on Facebook. Search for screenfixpodcast. And we're on Instagram too. That's screenfixpod on Instagram. You can listen to the show on Libsyn, Stitcher, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Play. And uh, please rate, review, and subscribe on whichever platform you're listening. We would really appreciate um if you tell a friend if you enjoy the show that would be awesome that's all i got awesome we also have a patreon account where you can donate to the show if you would like to we also have dreams of using that money to open a one screen movie theater to be the home of podcasting and films and lots of other great stuff um so why don't we go ahead and to send us off practicing our spanish rolling r's uh what is the actual sentence that he he tells her to roll her r oh aburrido Uh (laughs) <laughs> he does. Give us your Spanish gusto, Mustachio. <laughs> All right. I'll, I'll try to mimic Derbez on this one. A burrito. Oh, that's good. But you just sounded like you just said, said a, a burrito. burrito. You just said. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Is that not what he said? Okay. Uh, no, he's saying, a, she's a saying that it's boring. boring. Okay. Uh, how do you say it again? A burrito. A burrito. <laughs> <laughs> that's really good. All right. Mine is. A burrito. Yes. I just said a burrito. Yeah, I know. Yeah, okay, okay. It was good. Good job, guys. <laughs> Bye, everybody. Bye.